what's been your biggest learning opportunity through the years? Wow. I, you know, here's what I will say. True story. I'm not just saying it. Getting a coach sooner. And here's why I say that. We all have blind spots. And I think you've heard the saying, you can't read the label from inside the box, right? And that's true. Like, that's true. And I think, and the reason I say get a coach sooner or blind spots is because in my career, and everybody's different, of course, but for me personally, I think I have some missed opportunities that I didn't see that I believe that a coach would have been able to help me with. Welcome to the No Broke Months for Real Estate Agents podcast. Working as a real estate agent can be incredibly rewarding and fulfilling, but it can also be frustrating if you aren't making the money you deserve. So if you're ready to end the stressful cycle of working hard for no results, then get started with a proven step-by-step system so that every month is No Broke Months. Curtis Tyree is the co-founder of Agent Growth Institute, which offers coaching and training for salespeople in the real estate industry. Before Curtis started in real estate, he was a mortgage broker for 13 years, and then he entered the industry in 2006, selling 35 homes in his first year as a solo agent. He then became a team leader of a kilowatt office for six years and started coaching when the pandemic began. He coached two real estate teams, produced 100 M plus loan officers and title sales representative. In this podcast interview, Curtis will talk about the challenges of a real estate leader this coming year, 2023. My name is Dan Roshan, and I'm the host of the No Broke Months podcast, which is a show for real estate agents that's designed to help you have no broke months. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy the show. Hello, consistent and predictable income community. Today, I'm joined with Curtis Tyree, and Curtis and I are going to talk about the challenges that you as a real estate leader will encounter and may encounter in 2023. And if you're a real estate agent, you are a real estate leader, because at the very least, you lead your clients. So there's a great episode for you to listen to today. So Curtis has got a wealth of knowledge. He's been doing this forever and has been coaching agents in the trenches for many, many years, has coached hundreds and thousands of agents. And you may have heard of him before, and he's somebody who uh, is going to join us today to share his wisdom. Welcome, Curtis. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Dan. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate being here. It's always a pleasure pleasure to, uh, yeah, it's always a pleasure to get to meet folks like yourself and get the opportunity to give back, of course, to the agents and the community. And those we get the opportunity to come across and do business with. So glad to be here. Awesome, man. Awesome. So you are in Sarasota, Florida, and you've got your, you first entered real estate industry in 2006. And yeah. you have, and you spent about six or so years uh, leading a, a rather large brokerage and growing that as well. And you've been a bold coach for many years. So for those that own no bold from uh, KW, Keller Williams, you did that today. You own uh, Agent Growth Institute. Sure. Yeah, we do. And interesting, you said two funny things. One is uh, 2006, I did in fact get into the, that's when I got into selling real estate. I transitioned from the mortgage business, of course, right? There were no more mortgages to be had and certainly no jobs being handed out in that industry. And I'd spent my 15 years in there. And so I decided to get a real estate license. And 
uh, had a lot of success. And of course, it was probably at the worst time and certainly in a change and a shift like we're entering into now or we've actually been in, you know, for the last six, eight months. So pretty funny there. And then, of course, having been a bold coach, you know, all of that ended, you know, when COVID hit. COVID for real estate took off and things went great, right? We were blessed with the most incredible last two years. But for those of us who traveled around the country, not so not good. Not so good. <laughs> So you're yeah. leaning into the challenge, le- leaning yeah. into the struggle. You're not by choice. Not <laughs> by choice. <laughs> so you know challenges. So what, what challenges do you believe that us as real estate leaders and agents are going to be facing in the upcoming year? You know, that's a great question. And of those that I talk to, you know, of the I coach with some large real estate teams as well as a bunch of individual agents that are looking to grow, put a lot of thought into that. Some of the things I'm hearing from them, one of the things, quite simply, is getting their head in the right place. We're coming up on, you know, thankfully the holiday and then the new year. And I've been instructing them, listen, take the time off and refresh, regroup, re-energize, do whatever you need to do for the year that we're heading into, right? Not to, to be doom and gloom by any means. It's probably going to look, you know, much like the year that it does or what it does right this very second. and yet very important for us. We only have so much time, energy, and effort to give, right? And so we need to stay, you know, at the highest level of energy and effort and committed to the time that we have in best use of our time. So just so important as far as mindset. Now, if you're talking about getting into leadership as far as, you know, whether you're running an organization or not, you know, some of the challenges I think we're going to get, one of them I was thinking about was, um, we got a war for talent going to happen. It's going to take off like there's no tomorrow. And that's going to come in not only recruiting, but of course, retention of those that we have that work with us or underneath us at this time. What do you think is causing that? The war for uh, talent? The war for talent? Well, first of all, the level of competition has increased dramatically, right? It's just soaring. And, you know, in the real estate industry, we know that there's going to be less sales, of course. Mm -hmm. And we've already seen less sales this year you know, 20, 25%, whatever it's been in your particular area. I know that's what it's been here, but we're going to have less sales, less volume. Therefore, we're going to need some of those agents. I hate to say it this way. And yet a lot of real estate agents out there, some are part-time, some are full-time and different tiers and levels. And if I'm running an organization, I'm looking for that top tier talent that are in here for the long haul for what we're about to enter into some colder months or years. Not that business can be bad. Business can be incredible for some, for some. And so I, you know, yeah. I'm looking for those folks. Yes. Yeah, for us, those agents who are understanding that we're here to create our outcome, to create our opportunities and our, design our lives for those agents who would not necessarily be, you know, in that those agents in that echelon of, I understand that it's going to take some work. It's going to take some effort. And I'm going to have to create the opportunity and I'm willing to do so. And yeah. for those agents not willing to do so, then they may struggle. Would you agree yeah, with that and I, and assessment? Think, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And, it, you know, I think sometimes when we say talent, we think, well, I must, I have to have had these, you know, these high level of sales or whatnot. And that's not necessarily true. As a leader, I'm looking for, I'm looking for emerging talent as well. So maybe somebody that does not have the high performance or whatever, but they're all in as far as their skills are concerned. And I can see those skills inside of them. 
and yeah. help develop them and then help develop their sales, right? You know, so that's the types of people that I'm looking for. The skills and running activities. Yeah. 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 Skills and the activities. Yeah. So, okay. So the, the war for talent is something that leaders are going to have to face, you know, moving forward through 2023. What other challenges will we have? Well, I think, and again, I go back to if I'm running an organization, it's, I'm going to have retention issues as well because of that, you know, that war for talent that's on. Yeah. And so retention issues, and people may not necessarily leave, you know, my organization because they've been recruited away or whatever. They may leave just simply because maybe they're having, you know, when times get tough, we oftentimes don't look in internally or into the mirror or whatnot, and we start looking for solutions elsewhere. And so I'm going to have to make certain as a leader that I'm pouring into my people, not only through, you know, the culture that I might have within my organization, but developing their skills at a high level, because that is what it's going to take in order to succeed, you know, going forward is a high level of skill. So we need to be working on that, you know, developing that. The other thing is pouring into my people with the culture, the culture that I create, which means as a leader... And I back up to say this, you know, we haven't had to do a lot of this over the last couple of years. It's been great. It's been great. It's been great. We've been blessed. It's been awesome. It's been great. And as leaders, we just, hey, show up just like everybody else did. And we go out and we do our jobs. And it was awesome. Going forward, we're going to have to actually, we're really going to have to, as leaders, maybe even develop our skills. If we don't have them, we're going to have to develop skills to lead through uncertainty going in to the next couple of years, right? There's too much noise out there and all the things happening. And, and our people feel that, right? They think that, they feel that. It's hard to block all of that out. And as leaders, we're going to have to take care of that, do that for our people in order to retain them, right? So we're going to have to really define, remind them of our purposes and our vision, communicate with them at a high level, you know, just very effectively. Of course, pour into them and engage them for their feedback as well, but getting their buy in to that ultimate purpose and vision, and then having a clear plan around that. That's what people are looking for because there is so much uncertainty. So as leaders, we're going to have to be able to convey that at a very high level. Curtis, I'm curious. Yeah. Well, I know the answer to this. You and I just met, but yeah. I already know the answer to this. Are you confident that you as an individual will thrive in the next 18 months in business? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Zero hesitation. Okay. Zero hesitation. There was not even a thought. It was like, yeah, yes. Right. Now that thought is the same thought as like when I'm leading my people, for example, I'm not even paying attention to the uncertainty. I'm not even paying attention to the 20 or 25% less transactions. I'm paying attention to what are we doing? What do we believe? What are the ways that we show up on a daily basis and just go do your job. Yeah. Right. And then tying that into like, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to be a real estate agent? And like a no BS why, not the big why, the big altruistic why, the why of, I don't want to go drive an Uber. Okay. Sure. I don't want to go back and wait tables. I don't want to go back to my nine to five. I want to, whatever the case may be and getting real about why you're doing this. Then when you have that clarity on why you're doing this, understanding how to do it, meaning like what's your way to find business, and then just showing up on a daily basis and doing the efforts and then taking everything else and just sort of like, that's raining outside. I can bring my umbrella. 
I can run and play in the puddles, or I can bitch and moan that it's raining outside. That's right. Ain't going to change. It's still raining outside. Yeah. Well, you said it. You know, we define, look, the what and the why, and then what's the plan moving forward, and then go and execute that, right? And not, you know, necessarily, not even worry about or be concerned about all this other stuff. You know, I always say, as I coach and talk to agents, and we do a lot in group and stuff, you know, there's never been a time, and there never will be, that zero homes were sold in a given month or a day or a week or whatever. Like, it just doesn't hey, man, if it's if, if it is down to two, I'm going to arm wrestle you, and I'm, I'm going to... You know, hopefully you haven't been going to the gym. <laughs> no, it's no, no doubt. We know that the business out there and we can look at historical data and all the stuff and all the crashes and this and that. Lots and lots of homes. I don't remember the last time, but 5 million homes still transferred hands. It's just that we had this explosion over the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Went up, things went through the roof and we got comfortable, maybe. Courtesy, I don't want to say believe- lazy. That's not proper because yeah. everybody worked their tails off. But comfortable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But would you say that this is more of a market correction than a market overcorrection? You know, I mean, because what I'm looking at it is it definitely different than the last two years. But what about like two, three years before the pandemic? Yeah. You know, how does it compare to that in your opinion? So interestingly enough, you just brought it up because I was bringing that up with some of the groups that I coach. You know, they're all, well, it's me. We're down and this and that. We're not. If you look back to, you know, 20, whatever, right pre-pandemic, those couple of years, we had great years. And, you know, we talked about it and we said, well, great. We did, you know, 15, 20% more than the year before, but then all of a sudden the pandemic hits, right? And it just, right, takes off. And what's funny is I always remind us, you know, when the pandemic first hit, we all freaked out. Like we thought game over, like we're never leaving our houses ever again. (laughs) This is, we'll never sell another house. Absolute quite opposite happened. And to answer your question, it's simply a correction, right? It is coming back down to some sort of reality because we just simply exploded and went off the charts and the rails. And I don't know exactly what it was due to, right? All the people held up in their homes maybe said, well, let's spend some money and go buy houses. I, I don't know exactly, but hadn't seen a market like that in forever. Ever. Ever. Forever. Yeah. yeah. So it's just simply a correction of the market. We're not back to any sort of quote unquote, if you want to call it that normalcy in our market. Now I understand market is all, you know, local across the country and there's, you know, thousands of markets across the country. I can only tell you here locally in Florida, a little bit south of Tampa, we're not even back to normal in the sense of what those pre-pandemic levels were at four or five months of inventory. We're only at two and a half. So we're not even close to that normal or or whatnot. So we're just correcting and and it'll be fine. And I believe, you know, everything, you know, as we say in real estate, everything's on a three to six month lag time, right? So in three months from now, everybody be like, oh, it's just normal. Hello, No Broke Months podcast listener. This is Dan Roshan. I just want to take a moment of my time to thank you for being a listener to the show. And because of you and others, we've just passed 250,000 downloads of the show and i am so freaking excited yet i want to help more real estate agents have no broke months and i'm asking for you if you're receiving value from this show and you think a colleague a real estate agent somebody who you know might also receive value spread the love spread the word let them know about the show because my mission is to be able to help agents have no broke months because no agent ever should 
So thank you for your time. Like, subscribe, and spread the word. Even if you're looking at the interest rates, we're you know we're around seven percent right now. Going back to 1971, the average interest rates are 8.16 percent. So we're better than average. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. you got you it. Know, it's all perspective of what was going on yesterday. Sort of like skews compared to like when you're sick, you got the flu, and you know you're down for two, three days, and then that next morning you wake up and you feel normal, but you actually feel freaking awesome. Right. Because the day before you were down the fever and the sweats, it's all comparison to what was happening the day before. So flipping that, what was happening the day before was craziness. And now it's going back to a normalization where it's like, oh, my goodness, doom and gloom. Yet it's really not. It's really more average, you know, normalization. Yeah. And we're just getting into doing the things, the activities and all the things that we did pre-pandemic. Again, the pandemic took a lot of things away from us that we didn't have to do. Agents didn't do open houses, well, because you you didn't have the time to do it, right? You you didn't send out postcards and market and farm your area. Like, you just, you didn't. And we're just getting back to doing business the way we did it before. Love it. So what caused you, so you got in business 2006, and you were in mortgage for 13, 15 years before that. Was it just the shift in the mortgage industry that caused you to get in real estate sales? Great question. And so I spent 15 years in the mortgage industry. I ran a mortgage company and then I got into wholesale mortgage. And as the market crashed as far as, well, actually right before, but they stopped doing mortgages. And so the company that I was working for started laying everybody off and then eventually shuts down. So left with out anything to do. And I'm saying, well, I have all this knowledge as far as this real estate industry is concerned. And yet I've never sold real estate. You know, back then, since they stopped doing mortgages, what I learned was that's when short sales started taking off. And so I saw that and I said, well, that's the same as, you know, I've been helping people for the last 15 years get a mortgage. Now I can help them get out of that mortgage. And I learned that the process was very similar. And so my skill set. And so I said, well, I think I'm going to get into real estate. So I did and learned just the basics, how to write a contract, how to talk to people and how to open doors and had a very successful first year selling 35 homes. Really, I was, you know, people are motivated by one of two things, either inspiration or desperation. In my particular instance, it was desperation because I had nothing. I'd lost it all and got in and just started looking for people to help. And and from there, it just took off. And then through the years, you've been in many coaching and leadership positions. So in those roles that you've led thousands of people you know, in your career, what have you learned that are the common nuggets of things that cause obstacles for real estate agents for them to succeed? Shiny objects. Shiny objects. You know, while that's funny, really what it is is focus, right? Yeah. It is, you know, we're in the, and I think we tend to forget this, we're in the people business. Our job is to go and meet and engage and speak with as many people as we possibly can in order to find out who we can help. And and I heard that in all the years. I love helping people. I love helping people. If that's what you choose to do, I think that's incredible. Because that's what we do. You know, I recruited people. And, and so that was one of my questions. Why do you want to get into real estate? 
I love helping people. Awesome. Because that is exactly what we do. And you need to get up every single day and you need to go find and talk to as many people as you can help. Now, number of ways to do that. And so, you know, I think when we say lead generation, because I struggle with some of the folks that I coach, we say lead generation. Everybody thinks, well, that means I got to pick up the phone. Listen, there's a hundred different ways to lead generate. And guess what? They all work. You can buy leads. You can do this. You can do that. They all work. The thing is, is as a business owner or entrepreneur, you have to figure out what works for you, what you like doing and do enough of it in order to then hit your goals and stop worrying about all this other stuff and stop, you know, stop with the shiny object syndrome and, and losing focus. Again, the focus is getting up and speaking to the people in order to hit my numbers or finding enough people to talk to that I need for my personal goals and what I look to achieve. We say, we call that choosing your way in the CPI community. And your way is just simply, if you and I were working together, or let's say I was coaching somebody or you were coaching somebody, the first thing we're going to do is, well, first thing I'm going to do is say, okay, what are all the ways that you could find business? Let's throw it all out there. Every single way you can find, I don't care if you can implement it or not. What is every single nugget of a way that you can think about that you can find business? Then let's find out what your gifts are. What are your superpowers? What is your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your spouse, your father, your son? What do they say you are freaking phenomenal at doing? What are the behaviors that serve you? What does it seem like when you do it, it just comes natural? And then we take whatever those gifts that God granted you and whatever the opportunities are, which is your way, and now we just cross and mix, then we disregard everything else because that's a shiny object. Yes, it is. It's truly that simple. And yet we get, we tell ourselves stories and we make things up and then we see things and we just get sideways with it and we start chasing other things that don't serve us, that are not going to get us what we want or the desired result. And yet we believe that it might, and it just doesn't. And so really it comes down to focus. You know, when, you know, I don't pat myself on the back for my first year in real estate in that down market. The only thing I'd say is, again, I was motivated by desperation. And it was what I did know was that I needed to find people. I needed to talk to people. And Back then, thankfully, we didn't have a lot of shiny objects. How did you find those people back then? I honestly, I picked up the phone. Okay. I, I picked up the phone. I knew the numbers out there. You know, the economy went into the tank and the mortgage numbers, as far as people being upside down, I knew the odds of me picking up the phone. One out of three, you got prospect. Yeah. I, you know, it just, the numbers made sense and it really was, hey, can I help? Hey, can I help? Hey, can I help? And the answer was yes, most of the time. And so, Mm -hmm. you know. If you're looking for no broke months, I invite you to join the five day challenge for free. Save your seat at five day listing challenge.com. That's the number five day listing challenge.com. You'll learn how to take listings in today's market without cold calling, door knocking or begging. That's 5daylistingchallenge.com. We help real estate agents have no broke months. If you were to do something differently in those first year, 18 months or so, would you do something differently? And if so, what would that be? I'd have made more calls. I'd have have doubled the sales. 
because I did not get into the minutia of a lot of the tools and systems that people have today. So it was really very old school. What I did was, again, it was pick up the phone and I hand wrote pretty much everything. Like, yeah, I just took it to the basics because what I did know was that I didn't want to get bogged down with all that stuff. So Mm. if it did exist, I didn't want to get sideways with it. I just knew that if I did these things that I would get what I wanted, which was to help people close transactions. And and of course, when you say do these things, you mean contact the people and and making the contacts. And Uh I I knew that, you know, there were systems that existed and stuff that might help me, but I did not want to take the time to learn them or do anything with them. And that's what I would do differently going forward is I would learn how to use some of those tools for efficiency purposes and try and double my numbers. But I was in a place where I just said, nope, I don't want to get bogged down with it. So you and I got licensed around the same time. I was in November 2007. And I, as you, short sales was my thing for many years. Yeah. And my CRM was at those days, during those days, was a three ring binder. And I would take a plastic insert. And basically the way that I would roll with it is take that plastic insert. I'd have a piece of paper. I'd write down my notes on the piece of paper. Put the lead source at the top. I remember I highlight that in pink. I'd put the next step. I'd highlight that in yellow. I'd put the name. I'd highlight that in blue. And then I would organize it in the three-ring binder of the next date. So today's we're filming this on December 19th. I would pull out my December 19th. That was my job. I'd give them a call. I'd figure out when to put them for the next one. And I'd put them in the order of the three-ring binder. And that was my CRM. I love it. uh, Hey, man, it worked. That's some old school stuff right there. And you, <laughs> it, it works. Now, yeah. imagine today what you could do with some of those crazy systems out there that yeah. they have that are incredible, right? Where you can tag and have all of that stuff done. And you wake up, you turn a computer on and boom, it's in your face. And it tells you exactly what you got to do today. That'd be nice too. Yeah, and that's why. That. And that's why I created the CPI CRM to be able to provide that for agents. Because I couldn't find something out there that was affordable and actually understood agent, <laughs> right? There you like, go. Understand like what does it take to be a real estate agent? And that's so it took us years to be able to develop that the CPI CRM. But going back to the roots, it was literally a piece of paper and a three ring folder and a piece of you know a plastic binder. Yeah. So, so Curtis, so through the years, what would you say has been your biggest? failure, and I don't like using that word. So what's been your biggest learning opportunity through the years? Wow. You know, here's what I will say. True story. I'm not just saying it. Getting a coach sooner. And here's why I say that. We all have blind spots. And I think you've heard the saying, you can't read the label from inside the box, right? And that's true. Like, that's true. And I think, and the reason I say get a coach sooner or blind spots is because In my career, and everybody's different, of course, but for me personally, I think I have some missed opportunities that I didn't see that I believe that a coach would have been able to help me with. Actually, I know a coach would have been able to, because when I did, in fact, get a coach, those things became more apparent and and things show up and become more apparent with me when you're, you know, having that accountability session, having those regular conversations where you're deep diving into your business. You know, I got off the phone with my coach. I still have a coach. Still have a coach. And got off the phone with him today. And, you know, we talked about me taking the time personally to do strategic thinking, which I don't know that a lot of us do that in our business. And the reason it came up was because I just recently was, 
I had mapped something out, a, a large Zoom that I was a part of with some other people for a business planning workshop. And there were some missed opportunities in there. Okay. Mm. And I didn't see that. And, but I had gotten on the phone with him today and we'd gone over it and he kind of pointed all of that stuff out. And he says, well, Curtis, let me ask you a question. I said, sure. He says, when did you take the time to sit down and do some strategic thinking around this? And I go, I think I did it for about five minutes. He goes, you know. And so, so I think as agents sometimes and as leaders and stuff like that, like, you know, so anyway, the point to that was this, the strategic thinking from this point forward, I'm going to spend actually not just the time on events and things that I may put together, but in my business, actually scheduling some strategic thinking time on a weekly basis to really think about, you know, reflect on the week that passed and of course the week ahead. And of course, am I on track? Are there adjustments that need to be made? Do I need to reach out to anyone? Do I have all the tools that I need? So on and so forth. But anyway, getting a coach. Sorry. It's interesting, Curtis, that you say that because, well, about the second half of that, about the strategic thinking, I had posted a thing on Facebook not too long ago and I was doing some landscaping. And somebody who I coach mentioned it to me and says, Oh, are you? And they were just sort of being cheeky to me, right? They're like, Hey, couldn't you pay somebody 300 bucks? And I, you know, is that work that you're doing right there? Is that worth 300 bucks an hour? You know, are you making $300 an hour? I, you know, I looked down and said, nope, I'm not. I'm making thousands of dollars an hour when I'm moving rocks because that's my thinking time, <laughs> right? You oh, know, so, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's just a perspective. I get, you know, outside looking in. Now, I certainly do support not doing menial tasks for menial tasks sake, right? But what that person didn't see was that was my strategic thinking time. And sure. it just shows up as me moving rocks. <laughs> Hey, we all got our thing, right? Uh, yeah, I don't recommend my way, right? But uh, hey, you do you. Do what's best for you. Curtis, so if I um, so I know you do coaching and I know that you and some colleagues are you know doing the Agent Growth Institute and that's a little bit early in development on that yet. Let's say that I want to reach out to you. What's the best sure. method that I can touch base? Yeah, well, I can either be called if I'm, I mean, I'll either answer, you leave me a quick message because I'm on the phone, you know, coaching someone else, but I call right back or you can, somebody can actually email me. So I give you a phone number. Go for it. All right. 941-993-3268. It's a direct line. It's 941-993-3268. Or I can be emailed and then what'll happen is I'll email you back and they can hit a calendar link and get right onto my calendar. So. What's and that email, it's real simple. It's Coach Curtis with a C, C-U-R-T-I-S, Tyree, T-I-R-E-Y, at gmail.com. And I'll say it one more time. It's Coach Curtis Tyree at gmail.com. All right. So reach out to Coach Curtis. And if you're looking for a coach, he is somebody who you should talk to. Curtis, thank you again. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the No Broke Months podcast today. Until the next show, I invite for you to be grateful, make good choices, help someone, have the best day of your life, and go find a listing. I'm a seasoned agent, but I've certainly had uh, some months uh, with no business and some cash flow issues. Dan's opened my eyes to a lot of things and taught me things that I just haven't been able to get anywhere else. So learning his methodologies has been really helpful to me in my life and very importantly 
in my business.